Hey y'all, so here we are for the first official episode of The Business of Romance. So what is this world and what are we going to be talking about here? Because it's pretty specific. So we are here to talk about a very unique and lucrative creative business field and that is writing and self-publishing romance novels online. Initially, that is on Amazon KDP, though I suspect in the near future we'll also be diving into direct sales and other options, but for where the romance self-publishing market is at today, that's the road we're going to be exploring. So how does it all work, and how is it making some people so much money? Is it right for you, and how can you get started in this industry if it is? So I'm going to be answering many of those questions for you today, so let's dive right in. Welcome to The Business of Romance, the podcast that helps you turn your passion for romance novels into profits. I'm your host, May, also known as the Romance Fiction Queen, and I'll be joining you here each week to serve up my industry expertise and insights from this lucrative world of writing and self-publishing romance novels. Listen in for practical tips and strategies on writing to market, mastering self-publishing, and becoming the ultimate romance fiction queen. Let's get started. Okay, so I've explained that we're here to talk specifically about writing and self-publishing romance novels, even more specifically through Amazon KDP, where over half of Americans buy their books from. In this very first episode, I want to dive into what exactly the business of romance is. In other words, how do people make money in the world of self-publishing romance novels? An even better way to frame it, what are some of the ways that you can make money in this industry? Because you actually don't have to be a writer to be in this industry, which I am going to cover for you here today. Um, so first, I'll start with the path that led me into this industry, which is ghostwriting romance novels for other self-publishers. Really quickly, what is ghostwriting for those that don't know? So a romance ghostwriter is contracted by a client or by an agency on behalf of the client to write a romance novel. When the project is completed and approved, the writer gets paid. There's no worrying about marketing the book, sales, how it performs. You write the book, sign away all of your rights to the content, you get paid, and then you start writing another one. And that's what I did with three to five novels a month for three years. So here's the interesting thing about romance ghostwriting, which I didn't know going into it, and I know through the questions I get about it, a lot of other people don't either. So a lot of people, uh, myself included, once upon a time, assume that the clients who hire romance ghostwriters are authors themselves. And maybe they're going on vacation, or they're facing some writer's block, or whatever it is, they just need some help here and there, um, on their books. But that's not always true. So in fact, in my time as a professional ghostwriter, I only had the opportunity to work with maybe five clients who were writers themselves. Now I will say, 
Those are the best kinds of clients to work for. Just a little nugget of advice for those of you who are thinking about getting into ghostwriting. If you happen to hop into Ghostwriter Bootcamp next time I open that up for enrollment, there will be a point in that process of building your ghostwriting business when I'll ask you to think of your ideal client. And I recommend one of those checks for your ideal client be someone who also writes and reads romance. But the bulk of my clients were actually people who didn't read romance. Not only did they not write romance, but they weren't writers at all. And that's why they were hiring ghostwriters, because they knew a secret that I'm here on this podcast to share with you. So if you can publish a good story every single month, or at the very least, as often and as consistently as possible, most publishers can build a very profitable business in six to 12 months. And when I say profitable, I mean monthly revenue of anywhere from 5k to 30k or more a month. So knowing that naturally a bunch of people jump on the bandwagon and try to establish a romance pen name fueled entirely by ghostwriters as a passive stream of income. So just for the record, I don't think you should start self-publishing romance novels unless you actually love the genre, meaning you at the very least read it regularly. And I also think you should be a writer, editor, or a writing coach if your entire pen name is going to be fueled by ghostwritten work. Now, can you still make money even if you don't fit that criteria? Yes, and a lot of people are. But it is a competitive market and your profits and scalability will always be limited when you're up against those who actually know and work in the genre. In fact, most of the work that I currently do is coming from people who are in that passive income category who end up having to hire people like me to come in and tell them if the content is actually good or not. So again, that's eating into your profits. But that's the soapbox that I will save for another episode. For now, I'm just going to leave it at romance ghostwriting is a fantastic way to start making money from romance novels. But what if you're not a writer or ghostwriting just isn't for you? So freelancing work is still a great way to start making money from romance novels because there are a lot of services that romance self-publishers need and outsource aside from the writing. And the beauty of those services that sets you apart from the field of ghostwriting is that you not only get to cast a net that covers those passive income publishers, but you also get to reach the rest of the self-published authors who are writing and publishing their own books. So these services can be anything a self-publisher might need. It can be content and project management, which, as I mentioned, has been my main bread and butter in my consulting business until I started moving away from that recently. Um, but it also can be cover design, editing, marketing. If you go to fictionqueen.com resources, I'll drop a link for that in the show notes, you'll actually find a list there of 35 novel business ideas, which covers all the different jobs that I know are in high demand with self-publishers today. And many of those aren't just in the romance genre, I'll note, but in any genre of self-publishing, including nonfiction. So one of the fastest, 
easiest ways you can start making money with romance novels is freelancing. And when I say fast, I mean you can start landing gigs within a week or so, usually because the services are in such high demand, especially if what you're offering is high enough quality to stand out in the market. I always tell my students, ghostwriters especially, if you're good at what you do, you're not going to have any problem finding work because right now, even the people who aren't good at the services they're offering are still finding plenty of work and making a lot of money. That's just how high the demand is for these services. So if you've got the goods, the problem you're more likely to face is getting the rate that you deserve. Since the market is so saturated, but that demand is still so high, you have a lot of writers, editors, and designers, even marketers out there who are charging super low rates because the quality of what they have to offer just can't justify a higher rate. And some of these passive income self-publishers are often willing to sacrifice that quality to cut costs at least until they realize they can't anymore. But if you land the right rate with the right clients and you're good at what you do, you're likely going to have a problem of getting more client leads than you can actually take on. And that leads us to the second way of making money from romance novels, which is to branch from your solo ghostwriting gig and expand it out into an agency. So this could look like focusing on one service, like writing, editing, design, marketing, whatever your area of expertise is, and just having other people like you on your team who can deliver up to your quality standards so you're able to subcontract the work to them and take on a higher volume of clients while still making a small project management fee on each of those projects. Another way to go about a freelancing agency like this is to offer a full service or done for you offering where you're looking at the main services a self-publisher needs and you're expanding your team to include freelancers who can cover those areas of expertise that you can't. So if you're a writer, but let's say you also want to offer cover design and editing services to your clients so they can get everything that they need in one place, you can launch an agency. So we have freelancing, then potentially expanding that into an agency. So now I wanna go back to ghostwriting for a moment because while I think ghostwriting can be a great way to dip your toes into the industry and to essentially get paid while you learn, I don't actually recommend that you stick with ghostwriting long-term unless it's something you just really enjoy doing. So the reason is this, you have to look at what you're being paid on each contract, knowing your client has additional costs on top of that, such as design, marketing, ad spend, and they're still making enough money from the books that you're writing for it to be profitable for them to continue outsourcing all of that. So if your clients are making that much money from the books that you're writing, so can you. I am positive the reason why many ghostwriters stay in the game rather than moving into self-publishing their own work is that they make the assumption that self-publishing is a super complex and costly thing, but it absolutely doesn't have to be. In fact, that's one of the main pillars my whole business is built on, getting as many writers as possible started in self-publishing and making it as simple as possible because things can always grow into something more polished, perfected, and complex after 
you've established your pen name. The most important marketing strategy you can play on as a romance writer is consistent, rapid new releases. The sooner you start publishing, the more you publish, the sooner you're going to start making money. So all of this to say that the third way to make money from romance novels is obviously to start writing and self-publishing your own romance novels. And very similar to the expansion from solo freelancer to an agency, the fourth most profitable way to make money from romance novels is to then branch out from just publishing your own work under your own pen name into running multiple pen names. So there's a couple of different ways that you can go about this. Many ghostwriters I know work with multiple clients, meaning that they write anywhere from two, three, sometimes five books a month. As a self-publisher, if those same ghostwriters started working on their own books and did even half that volume, they can double or triple their income, usually within six to 12 months. But let's say you're moving from ghostwriting to self-publishing because you don't want to write three or four books a month anymore. I know for me, the cap on that workload was about three years before I was way beyond burnout. It is not a sustainable volume for most people to work at for a long time. So if you want to write less and earn more and really maximize what you can do without writing all of the books yourself, then you can become the client. Now you're the one hiring ghostwriters and you're actually one of those ideal clients that I mentioned earlier because you're a writer yourself and you're going to have a lot more to offer your business and the writers that work with you because of it. So there you have it. Those are four of the most common and most profitable ways to make money from romance novels. Freelancing, running a freelancing agency that serves self-publishers, self-publishing your own books with or without ghostwriters, and finally, self-publishing under multiple pen names. So now that I've covered what the business of romance is, I want to touch on for just a moment what it is not. And this is me getting on a little little bit more back on my soapbox, but just, just briefly. So it is not a passive stream of income. It's a common misconception that you can just pay a random ghostwriter and cover designer to slap some crap together for you, self-publish it to KDP, and then boom, quantity over quality, and you have a bunch of money. Now, don't get me wrong. It's been done. It's still being done. But oftentimes, those people end up having to hire someone like me because things are not taking off the way that they hoped. And this was especially common in the early days of the self-publishing boom, but things have changed. The romance self-publishing landscape is far more competitive, and the bar for romance fiction is a lot higher than it used to be and a lot higher than some people like to think it is. So even if you get your content production down to be as low maintenance for you as possible, which means paying other people to do it for you and cutting into your profits or putting a subpar product out there, you still have your marketing to deal with. So just, just do us all a favor, respect the genre. Don't get into this unless you have a genuine passion for putting good stories out into the world. Um, and it's pretty hard to ensure that you're doing that with a passive stream of income. So it's also not a quick and easy get rich quick scheme. So if you do this right, it takes work. 
and the money doesn't typically start rolling in overnight. It's an investment in both time and money, but it still has a low entry point with high profit potential. However, it is a business that demands time and attention like any other kind of business, which you know, shouldn't be a problem if you love romance novels or even just books in general because you're going to enjoy the work that it requires. So let's talk about what makes self-published romance novels so lucrative. I've mentioned it's a low upfront investment to get into this, but what does that return look like? So here's what you need to know. Romance novels generate over $1.4 billion in revenue a year, though I actually suspect that number is even higher now. It is the highest selling genre of fiction. Romance novels make up over 50% of the top 100 best-selling books on Amazon. During 2021, romance sales accounted for 18% of total adult fiction sales. Romance readers usually finish a novel within seven days. 46.4% of romance readers read at least one novel per week. And nearly 80% of romance readers read more than one novel per month. So it's a hungry market. Romance readers are voracious, and I am one of them. So there's a lot of money to be made in this industry. The demand is very, very high. I have personally worked with people who consistently pull in anywhere from 30K to hundreds of thousands of dollars every single month in KDP earnings. But in order to do that, you typically need to have a high volume of new releases and multiple pen names within your publishing business, as I mentioned earlier. So the most successful romance publishers are putting out at least one new release every single month, and they're doing this with multiple pen names. Once you get this far and perfect a process that works for you, I mean, the possibilities for expansion are endless if you're really looking to scale. So you can see how easy it is to start with one freelancing client, grow into multiple clients, start with one pen name, and then go on to build this publishing empire. And that first step to start freelancing is so easy, and you can start it today. So if you do it that way and you kind of look at this as a path into the industry, none of the investment funds required for the later steps of self-publishing have to come from you up front. It's a stackable business plan. So you can make money to invest back in yourself while you're essentially getting paid to learn and create this ladder with huge, huge earning potential. So this is a very brief and basic breakdown of the possibilities, but what I can tell you about all of these avenues is that they are all very lucrative businesses that are relatively simple to get started. And while there may be nothing too complicated about any one of them, there is a learning curve and each one does require a commitment to really working hard and to be very good at what you do. So as I said earlier, this, path. It's not for everyone. Actually, I don't know if I did mention that earlier. If I didn't, I'm saying it now. This It's not necessarily for everyone, but if it's a good fit for you and you dedicate yourself to it, it works. And that is just the tip of the iceberg, but it is a great introduction and the perfect start for this podcast. So if you want to learn more, head to fictionqueen.com. You can snag a copy of my free ebook, The Business of Romance. As for now, 
that brings us to the end of episode one. I'll see you next time. Well, that's all she wrote for today's episode of The Business of Romance. I hope you enjoyed this time of adding to your toolkit for how to turn your romance writing into a profitable business. If you want to continue your journey towards becoming a successful romance fiction queen, head on over to fictionqueen.com where you'll find tons of resources, courses, and freebies to help you build your empire. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it on social media and be sure to tag me so I can say thank you. And if you would be so kind, leave us a review on your favorite platform. Your support helps us reach more amazing writers and publishers just like you. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, I hope you have beautiful days filled with creativity, inspiration, and lots of money rolling in from you sharing your talents with the world.